Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Don't Risk It, Secure It podcast. This is me, your host, Elisa Bibilonia. And in this episode, we are going to be covering the importance of a security governance program within the VCSO program, specifically for healthcare organizations. Joined with me in this episode is a returning guest and our practice leader VCSO himself, Ryan Sanders. Listen for a bit longer to find out all things security governance program and how it could benefit your healthcare organization. Thanks so much. Hope you enjoy the episode. Back to the Don't Risk It Secure It podcast. I'm here with Ryan Sanders, the practice leader of VCSO here at 24 by 7. Good afternoon. Glad to be with you. Yes, and you're actually a returning guest, so it's awesome to have you back on. So in today's episode, we're going to be going over um, the security governance program within the VCSO program, specifically for healthcare organizations. So, Ryan, first question I want to ask, why do healthcare organizations in the first place need a security governance program within the VCSO program? Uh, well, I think what it allows uh, organizations to do uh, is to establish and implement uh, and maintain a security and governance program system-wide. Uh, it gives visibility into uh, the best security best practices uh, and the HIPAA high-tech information security principles, you know, in, in healthcare organizations. It, it, it helps to establish that it's everyone, you know, security affects everyone, not just IT. Um, so, uh, the main goal is to, to get that visibility, uh, organization wide. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And where would you say that hospitals go wrong in terms of cybersecurity or healthcare organizations in general? Cause I feel like more healthcare organizations are, are pretty susceptible to cyber attacks, um, ransomware, all things like that. So where do you say they go wrong in terms of their cybersecurity posture? Again, I, I think it goes back to, there's a couple of different ways, but one of the ways is, uh, and this is where the security and governance program helps out, is, uh, you know, establishing um, the organization's uh, recognition that creating a culture of security awareness, uh, you know, is essential. Um, to maintaining the uh, confidentiality, availability, and integrity of their PHI. Uh, so that's that's one way that the ISCC, uh, you know, establishing a information security and compliance committee. That's one of the committees that's in a security and governance program, and it also has members throughout the organization, not just IT. So you have uh, input from other significant departments. Uh, there's more. Uh, buy-in from other departments, um, so obviously that that helps uh, to on the awareness. Uh, and also, it's the posture that you take in regards to uh, information security and to cybersecurity specifically. Uh, are you in a proactive posture or a reactive posture? Right. right. So uh, it's doing the right things. Uh, from an IT security fundamental perspective, uh, making sure that you have 
uh, the right technical controls in place and administrative controls uh, to do the best that you can to be prepared uh, to prevent, right. uh, you know, a, a breach or, or an event, but to also be prepared to respond in the event uh, of compromise. So that's that's one way that uh, that's that's some ways that organizations uh, maybe fall a little short is is converting over to that proactive posture uh, in both you know, administrative and technical controls uh, and educating their workforce. Um, right. Security awareness and training is big uh, because at the end of the day, you're still, you know, at the mercy of a mouse click. You can have all the controls right. in place. You're still at the mercy of a mouse click. And if you don't educate your users, you know, they may fall uh, into a phishing, uh, you know, or social engineering attack right. and, and, and credentials may get harvested, et cetera. So, um, those three things, you know, uh, are ways that that hospitals uh, fall short sometimes. Yeah, uh, I really like what you said about just a mouse click away, right? Just because it is, it is such a danger, and everybody needs to be, everybody in your team needs to be aware whether they're, you know, part of that IT or they're not, because it's it's one click and it could cause a lot of issues, right? Well, technical controls only go so far, you know, so uh, right. uh, uh, an illegitimate email can look legitimate. Yeah, exactly. You know, because you put parameters in place and, and controls in place, uh, but but an illegitimate email can put all those checks in those boxes and, and slip through. It happens every day. Yeah. So if that happens, your end users have to be aware and keeping information security uh, and cybersecurity at top of mind through education, screensavers, poster campaigns, all of that stuff matters right. uh, and keeps it top of mind so that they are, you know, subconsciously aware, you know, it, it, that when they see something that looks funny, um, they hesitate and they don't just automatically click on it. Yeah, exactly. Always, always think a little about it. Um, I know that they're getting much more advanced, but if you have that weird feeling, I would just say to ignore it, delete it, you know, all of that. And the only way you get that perception uh, is through education. Exactly. Um, so with everything, everything being said, what does the process of a security government governance program look like? And could, could you describe that for us? Sure. So obviously uh, it starts with a good policy and procedure set, right? You can't govern without it. So you want to make sure you have a good policy and procedure set, and then you want to establish uh, governance committees, you know, mm -hmm. to to have that uh, to establish uh, that system wide, company wide visibility uh, into uh, the security principles for HIPAA, high tech, uh, you know, any of the other frameworks, you know, NIST, CSF, whatever. Cybersecurity, you want to have that visibility because what that does uh, when you when you have a committee like an ISCC committee, uh, which is you know Information Security and Compliance Committee, mm -hmm. you have members, uh, you know department heads from you know other departments, uh, you know privacy is usually involved in that. Uh, you know it establishes a routine checkpoint that allows you to have discussions related to information security. Um, you know, it allows you uh, to 
not only develop uh, the organization's information security program, but to sustain it, to improve it, uh, review information security uh, regulatory considerations um, and who owns those. Uh, you know, you have opportunities to review and advise, uh, you know, on security strategic initiatives and to get buy-in from other departments, um, you know, which helps with implementation and adoption, um, you know, and, and you and you use that time to provide, you know, the status of current uh, information security investigations, right? Whether that be on the uh, security or privacy side, you know, you review those and uh, see how those events happened. What can you do better? Where can we improve? You know, lessons learned, et cetera. Um, you know, and, and, and that's also where you uh, sort of uh, review and update your policies, uh, your security policies and procedures on an annual basis. You know, that committee, you know, would have that oversight um, over that as well. So uh, it, it's a multifunction committee uh, and it, it helps you um, enforce your governance program and get buy-in. You know, program wide, uh, organization wide, mm -hmm. uh, and it gives that visibility at, at the management level, you know, across the board, and which, like I said, helps with with buy in and adoption. Perfect. Yeah, it seems like it's a very organized process that you know requires a lot of steps. So, with that being said, have you ever seen in your personal experience where a security government governance program um, didn't work out or fell short or just some things that could have been improved? Well, I, I think sometimes uh, in those cases where the security and governance program is not effective, mm -hmm. it's usually because th there's not buy-in from the other um, departments and the other members of the committee. And that's really, you know, it's really important to have uh, committee members across the board, you know, um, so from from different departments so that you uh, can maintain uh, the buy in uh, of security and governance. Um, and but in, in situations where it's fell short, uh, I would say that was probably the number one issue uh, was participation and buy in uh, mm -hmm. people. You know, it's usually a quarterly meeting and uh, people uh would blow those meetings off you know uh, skip those meetings uh decline them and so it was very hard to get uh momentum uh right. and to and to achieve objectives uh when you don't have buy-in attendance and support so that's usually what's the downfall and uh, then you have to sort of uh back up and, and sort of reboot uh and get new members or you have to go to the C-suite and say, hey, listen, we're not getting the buy-in we need for this committee. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, maybe get some um, support from the C-suite to uh, encourage, you know, the participation in the program. Right. Uh, um, a follow-up question that I have is that you were mentioning that there is no support, that there may be no support, nor no participation or that meetings are getting declined and everything like that. Why do you why do you think that is? Is it just a lack of not caring or not understanding maybe? 
Uh, I think sometimes uh, it's probably uh, they don't understand the importance. They don't feel it's necessary. They don't understand, you know, it's just a lack of understanding. Uh, And listen, for any anything of any committee of this type, you've got to have administrative buy in uh, and support. Mm -hmm. So I think, uh, you know, they're they're. Uh, C-level uh, officer, you know, has to has to support and and sponsor uh, the committee um, to make sure they understand, you know, the importance. Yeah, that definitely, definitely. Because without administrative support, uh, it's kind of it's hard uh, it's hard to make it. There's uh, only so much you can. There's only so much you can go. You can that's do right. right? That's right. Without their without their boss saying, hey, this is important. I need you to participate and, and you know, and, and attend um, and be supportive. You know, sometimes it takes that, unfortunately, to uh, to get the, the level of, of participation uh, that you need. Yeah. Yeah, def- definitely unfortunate. But spreading this message, hopefully some people that are hearing this podcast right now, can be aware, can spread that message, right? So it's great that we're that we're talking about this. Yes. Um, well, Ryan, I don't have any more questions. Uh, is there anything you'd like to share to the podcast listeners? Uh, that's it. Uh, listen, if, if there's any way that uh, we can help you to uh, elevate your security and governance program, improve your posture, get you to that um, reactive posture instead of uh, uh, away from the reactive posture into the proactive posture. Uh, Give us a call. Let us know. We'll be uh, more than happy to uh, meet with you and see how we can help you. Awesome. Well, Ryan, thank you so much. And I want to thank all the listeners of the Don't Risk It, Secure It podcast. And if there's any topics that you guys would like to suggest, please let us know. Thanks so much, Ryan. Thank you. Well, that concludes this episode of the Don't Risk It, Secure It podcast provided by 24 by 7 Security. Thanks for listening. And thank you to all the listeners of the Don't Risk It, Secure It podcast. For more information, make sure to visit our website at 24by7security.com. Visit all of our social medias with the same name, 24by7security. And if you have a topic that you would like to suggest for the podcast, definitely be sure to let us know. Thanks again. Bye, everyone.